0: I'm your host, Sarah Boss, and welcome to Attainable Podcast. Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Attainable Podcast. Today, I'm super excited about the guests that I have on. I was on her podcast, now she's coming on mine, and we become fast internet friends. Um, Guys, give a big, warm welcome to Brienne Burke. Thanks, Sarah. I'm so happy to be here. You're such like a fun, like light person like I will say you give the energy of Florida in that you are so bright and so sunny and so fun and you just absolutely like even on the internet I was of course doing some like stalking on your profile it's going I was like oh my gosh it's just like a magnet like you just radiate that energy even on like your photos and your videos Oh, that's so
1: sweet. That's such a nice compliment. Obviously, for those of you listening, I'm actually Canadian. I'm from Toronto. However, I'm living up the Floridian lifestyle as of right now.
0: (laughs) It fits you. It fits you so well. Um, can you give a bit of a brief breakdown on who you are and what you do? Um, because you got a lot of different facets, and it's very interesting. And a lot of things that I think. People don't know what they are. So I want to go into that Um, on like, what exactly is your title? What do you help people with? And what are your methods? Yeah, a hundred
1: percent. So I am ultimately a mindset and confidence coach, particularly for millennial women. And that kind of tracks back to my self-development journey. Now I'll give you a little bit of context, a little bit of history to give you some insight onto how I got to where I am today. So dating back like several years, like kind of dating myself, I'm 31 and I went and studied abroad in university in Sweden. So when I went to do this, I come from a small town. I'm from Niagara Falls. It's a, obviously everybody knows Niagara Falls. It's a border city, Yeah, but it's actually quite small. You remove the tourists and it's a pretty small town. And I am one of very few that kind of left like even left to go to Toronto or traveled. So I always did things that were very against the grain or against the status quo. I always was challenging things. I always wanted to do my own things. So one of the steps to do so is I went and studied abroad in Sweden and I went over there not knowing a single soul, obviously in the country, let alone like the continent. And that kind of Challenged me in a way to really start to connect to myself. And I started to journal a ton. Now, journaling is obviously extremely common now. It's kind of a buzzword. Literally, everybody does it. Everybody says, if you are doing it, you should keep doing it. You should do it more. And those that don't, it's like, why don't you journal? But honestly, I was journaling before it was like a thing. Before, like, I remember social media at that time, again, dating myself, like Facebook was around, but like Instagram, no, Instagram was around. Instagram was around. But this is like before you even cared about getting likes and stuff. And like, you would post like a million posts a day. And it's like, Like, it
0: it would look like Tumblr. We'd use that as like really hard filters. You probably had some sort of picture of like your feet in vans or something. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much
1: what it was. So I just remember kind of being in my my lofty little res room and I just started journaling a ton. And I've always been one that is extremely process driven. That is my style of learning. And so with that, it's really common to um, talk out loud to yourself. I don't know if you do this, but I talk out loud to myself all the time. Like when I'm typing something or like when I'm studying or when I'm reading something constantly, people will be like, shut up, Brie. And because I'm constantly talking to myself. So then I, start, I found journaling and I was just like, oh my God, I can literally empty everything in my brain onto paper and I don't need to talk to anyone about this like I can just go to town so that was like that kind of kicked things off in a very small way but it was a massive ripple effect and from there I didn't go to much class and I just traveled all around Europe and then that extended into me traveling South America for about three months came home finished my last year of university didn't even attend my graduation and flew across the world and I went to go live abroad at that point for 9 months but I stayed away for 2 years my parents were going to kill me i kept making the phone call like i think i'm going to stay a bit longer i think i'm going to stay a bit longer so that initially started with me like backpacking for 5 months in southeast asia i lived in dubai for a bit and then i lived in australia for a year went to california for a bit and then i finally returned home so without going too much into it you can imagine like there's a lot of learnings and things that happen within I that got time some frame.
0: questions yeah
1: <laughs> yeah that's fair so a lot came from that is it's a very against the norm particularly where I'm from I believe like Europeans and different parts of even the states like people are very encouraged to go and travel and whatnot but it's so common to go right from school to start your career and I just didn't do that But by the time I came home, I was, like, my mid-20s. I was honestly, I think, 26, 25, 26, and I felt hella disconnected from everyone. I had my close-knit girlfriends who are still, like, my number one cheerleaders, and they're, like, my ride or die. We've been friends since we were kids. But I came home. And everybody was getting married and everyone was building houses and I had zero dollars to my name. I was in so much debt because I put myself through university and then I worked pretty much all while being abroad and I felt really lost, like really, really lost, which kick started me to be like, okay, I need to uproot my life and like do something. Might I add at this time when I was experiencing these feelings, all I wanted to do was like get up and leave like get up and travel again, because that's where you connect with other people. Cause there's other people doing that exact same thing. But I knew I needed to like create some roots. I needed to figure out what I wanted to do. I'm like, I'm in this massive amount of debt. Might I add within being home, uh, for about two months, I ended a seven year relationship. So that was really challenging. And we, you
0: were in a relationship while you were abroad.
1: Yeah. He would like bounce in and out of the, he was predominantly with me a lot of the travels, but like example, when I was studying in Europe and stuff, he was, and we did a lot of long distance. Mm -hmm. We had a really, we had a really lovely relationship. Like he was five ish years older than me. So at that time I was also pretty impressionable and like, Mm -hmm. but he was able to teach also, he was sorry, he's a teacher. So he was able to work abroad. So with coming home, but he's also still all I knew for seven years. and. I literally had an epiphany. I literally woke up one day and was like, I don't want this anymore. I don't know what I want to do. I know all my friends are getting married, but I'm going to literally end this relationship. And it was really awful because it was quite shocking. Like nobody, none of my friends, knew. my family didn't know. He was, of course, in shock. Like, Bri, are you having like a 20, mid 20 something crisis? Like, what are you talking about? Like, we were going to get married in like the next year. And I'm like, nope, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you, but nope. And so, Yeah. So that like really started like to really dive into my self-development journey because I was so lost and that was like mid-20s. So
0: let's pause there. Do you have any questions up until yes. that? <laughs> you know what? This is, yeah. And I think this is so important as well because this, um, obviously you're your journey is very unique, but I think the mentality, the struggles, I think that's not unique. Um, And I think a lot of people in their twenties, like feel this way, looking at other people in their life and then, and feeling disconnected and very unsure. And like the future feels very, just, you're not sure what's going on. I think that is something that a lot of people can connect to. So first of all, I want to go logistics because I'm a, big nosy gal and I like to know how everything works and so I'm sure the listeners are wondering let's go to traveling abroad first of all did you say did you have a plan that oh I'm going to go abroad and like frolic was that like that because you leave university which of course you were going university abroad anyway so I think that that mindset's you know you're already there there is something a little bit different but um There's usually a lot of pressure about getting a job, starting a career. Did you not feel that or did you feel that that drove you to start traveling? What was what was your where was your head when you started?
1: Yes. Okay. so when I went to study abroad in Sweden, obviously, that's still very structured, right? You're like you're in the confines of like a university, your education phase of your life. I got the taste of the travel bug. So I was exposed to being like, Whoa, I can do a lot on my own. And I was very sheltered to a degree, like in a, in a good way, but like, mm-hmm. I would be naive to say that I wasn't, I'm extremely close to my family. Like my parents are together. I have two older brothers. My family like runs a family business and, they, I was just so fortunate. I was always so close with my mom. And like, I knew nothing when I study, went to go study abroad. Like I didn't have the skills of like doing my laundry and cooking and it all came out and then I would call her upset being like, all of my food tastes so bad. And she would feel bad being like, oh my gosh, I didn't teach you. Like just very sheltered. So it went to the other extreme where I learned a ton. I became extremely resilient. I just learned a lot about myself and connecting to other people, what I like, what I don't like, things like that. So then I came home, finished school. Yes, to answer your question, when I went to go like travel abroad, ultimately post-university, that was heavily influenced by my partner at the time because he traveled a lot. He had traveled a lot. He liked to travel. He had a teaching job lined up in Dubai and he's like, come live in Dubai with me. It was a, an American school in mm-hmm. Dubai. Um, so that was a pretty cushy lifestyle. But I also worked. It wasn't like we were traveling and I had my older boyfriend like paying for things. Like I, I worked some pretty dodgy jobs. Like, I what, did Can lo- you name some of them? Like this, this is so, um, okay. Let's, let's date some back. Uh, I, one point was working at this really glamorous gym in Melbourne and I absolutely loved it. Um, I, but I actually got let go, AKA fired for the first and only time in my life, which was (gasps) extremely shocking. I was like, so shocked. I've never, you know what? It was a good, my ego and it was a humbling experience. Um, And I was just so taken back. So anyways, just I, again, being resilient as fuck, I literally got fired from that job, panicked and was like, I need to make money. We have rent. We had an apartment in Melbourne and I literally got a job in two days at a local burger joint. So like I went, yeah, I worked from like this really glamorous high end, like Pilates studio to like this burger joint. And, but everyone there was vegan and it was very funny. And anyway, so I did that. And I also like lived in a hostel in Byron Bay in Australia for a month. And I was like on a $20 budget a day. And I remember everybody have like, you, you usually party quite a bit, right? Like there's a lot of drinking and whatnot when you're like in hostel life. And I just remember like our like bottle of wine that we would get every night. And I was like, oh I can't afford a cup. So it's like You just drink from the bottle, you know, (laughs) like that was, I had such an interesting mentality. I just really lived by like the seat of my pants, which is so funny because I grew up like so sheltered and like, so, so structured and comforted. And I just really did my own thing. And this is where it all started to change. I like when I looking back, so I was in Australia, you get a year visa for those of you that are listening that have traveled or want to go, whatever you get one year, like traveling visa. And at the time, my partner, who again, had a lot of influence over me, just being older, more experienced, things like that. He got a job in California. So he's like eight months into our visa, the school year starts in September. Right. So he's like, I need to leave Australia to go to this job in California. And I kind of turned to him and I was like, I think I'm going to hang out here till my visa is done. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, you don't know anyone. Like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I'm going to travel the East coast on my own. And he's like, by yourself. I'm like, yep. And he's like, okay. So he left to California. And I think that's where things turned. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't even give it much thought. Like I was just, and I think he was so shocked that I did that. And then I would think my family back home was so shocked. They're like, so you're just going to hang back in Australia, the farthest place from us solo. When you have this opportunity to come to California, I'm like, yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. That is exactly what I'm doing. Thanks. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So this like is all very much added to my experience of the ebbs and flows. You know, when you're traveling on your own, I don't know if you've done it, but like the highs are high and the lows are Are very low. low. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your brain can play a lot of tricks on you Yeah, and it takes a lot to feel comfortable and confident with yourself and not question things and it's hard even like hostel life nobody ever talks about this like but when you're entering new hostels it's kind of like entering school again because there's already cliques formed
0: yes no and you have to figure out like you're learning the dynamic you're learning the culture of that hostel like you don't know that everybody goes down to the shore you know at seven each night to do whatever like you don't know these things
1: and then you're left in the room by yourself like why do I have no friends yeah (laughs) yeah
0: oh my god and no for sure do you think um because this is something that as I used to be such an envious person looking at the people studying abroad and going abroad and traveling and and backpacking and and living this lifestyle um Mm -hmm. and when people would tell these stories I I would like be like oh my gosh like they're so brave like how could they do that how could they live like just from day to day and not worry about the future and it's like okay well i well then i i did it um i went on i stole the trip for myself but i went with a group uh so it was like a planned trip and that was the first first time i've traveled like abroad by myself it was literally so awesome and is why i encourage people to do it yes for perspective but when you're there when you're away from home, when you're off, like, and you can say that you're actively traveling, like the mentality is just different. It is much, much, much easier to make decisions on a whim, to live life day to day. Like the mindset that you're in at home, you will, it is, it flips on your head. Obviously, like if you go on vacation, think about it, like you're making decisions in a completely different way than you do at home. You're at a, your comfort zone. You're making like, that's the appeal. So I do want to highlight to like anybody listening, um, like that's, that's just kind of how you live. And if, if you put yourself in those situations, you will find almost a different part of yourself. You will f- be very surprised at the decisions that you'll make at the mentalities that you'll have. Um, so I do want to highlight that because I know that younger me would have listened and been like, Oh, I could never be that person. I could never live. So like in the moment I would be so worried about what's going to happen next. Like just get a random job. Like I, I could never, I'd be so worried. I'm like, you won't though. Like if, when you're there, you have no choice. You you really do just kind of live day to day. It's so
1: funny. Eh? It's so true. I, I feel like that one line that you said, Sarah, like you are so brave is what I heard most from people back home. Mm-hmm. And to date that, like, which is very funny, which I don't ever talk about often. Cause I don't, not that I don't feel like it's relevant, but when I was younger, when I was just like kind of hitting puberty, like grade seven, eight, I started to experience anxiety for the first time. But this is again, before anxiety was like a known thing. Like, like I didn't know what it was and I was explaining it to my parents. And looking back, it was very much attachment anxiety to like my parents because I started to get like, I was having sleepovers since the age of like grade two, grade three. And then all of a sudden I didn't want to sleep away from home. Like I just went through like a really funny phase and I went through like another weird little OCD phase with like germs when I was also at that age. I think it just all was very much have feeling like some things were changing in my life, like going into high school and stuff. And I wanted to control different things, but to know that, and then X amount of years later, I go like traveling on my own and live out of a backpack. And it's, it's really interesting. I wasn't like this brave person that was so confident and so secure and had all this money. Like, I also didn't come from money. Like, again, I paid my way through university. I was just really resilient and extremely resourceful.
0: Yeah. Well, let's, let's fast forward a little bit. Um, so what, how, what happened from there to get you to what you do now. And if you could describe what you do now a little bit.
1: Yes. Okay. So upon coming home, obviously I was in like this weird vortex of what am I doing? I ended this relationship. I'm so much dead. I'm back living at my parents again to date me. I was like 25, 26 and I knew I needed to make some money. So I got a job
0: immediately. Are you saying to date you? To date you? Like, so people know that my age, oh my gosh oh, this entire time I thought you were saying like what you were doing was to date yourself like no. to to that's... like have a self-discovery moment so then I was like wait she's in a relationship oh and that you but you you literally just said it in the context I was like she said that a lot of times and the way she just said it makes me think she's trying to reference something so I'm like I need to ask because I've been misunderstanding this this entire time that's hysterical okay love this. okay 25, that's... 26 Honestly, at that time though,
1: I was kind of like dating myself. So it's not like far off, but no, I meant to give the listeners like context to no, where totally I was in my timeline. Yeah. So essentially I started working. I also got a second job at a nightclub. I started to do bottle service cause it was very good. Was money. that so fun? No. Okay. No, no, never mind. We no. hated that. Who the fuck? <laughs> the money was fun, man. The money yeah. was fun, but like I wasn't. No. That's a hard job. It is a hard job. And it's like, you kind of have to objectify yourself to a degree. Yeah. However, it was a very clean uh, club that I worked at. Like you couldn't drink or anything like that on the job. Yeah. So it made it a little bit more structured, but like, it also was good because I was saving money. Cause then I wouldn't be going out on Friday, Saturday night. Mm, so yeah, And I was in the zone of like myself, like my friends were so excited that I was single. Cause they're like, Bree's never been single. And I'm like, I can't even get my mind wrapped around like dating anyone. And I felt so guilty how I ended things like up mm-hmm. and out of nowhere. So whatever. Anyways, from that working at the bar I saved up $5000 cash to invest in a yoga teaching teaching certification. I went on this yoga teaching certification, it was a two week like in super intensive, like almost cult like, like on this like ashram you did not leave and everything was extremely structured from every meal were like every practice, all the emotional work, all the workshops. It was absolutely nuts. Like you had no alone time, like sharing showers, sharing, um, like where your sleeping quarters, like it doesn't sound really intense, but honestly, when you're there and you get no private space, like Uh it's really, it's really interesting. And was extremely testing just to give some type of reference. There were, I believe four or five people within the first five days that left, like couldn't handle it.
0: Yeah. Wow. Like
1: it was intense. It was like absolutely insane, like constant emotional breakdowns. Like, not necessarily for me. It took me a while to actually open up, but just overall, there's about 30 of us. Anyways, I did that. I moved to Toronto. I started working a ton and I just kind of knew that I wanted something more. So I started my first corporate job around like 27. I'm like, what the fuck is this?
0: (laughs) What (laughs) the fuck is this? Literally, what the fuck is this?
1: Like, I was just like, this is what people, while I've been like screwing off being a degenerate, this is what people have been doing now at this point, like almost the last five years, like since they've gotten out of school. Now, also, it's very much dependent on where you're working, what you want to do, what makes you feel fulfilled. This is very much a projection of like how I felt in that place. Like I felt I was capped for potential. Um, I wasn't necessarily appreciated. I didn't feel fulfilled, all of these different things. Yeah. And not to say again that a nine to five corporate job can't give you that. A lot of jobs can. It, it depends on what really you want and what you desire. Yeah. So with all of the experiences that I had, I was just like, how have I lived off $20 a day and been happier than what I am now when I'm making X amount salary? Like, how does that pan out? And ultimately, I just kind of started to very slowly make different changes. Um, Fast forward a couple of years. I, at that point, had been teaching yoga. So that very much like kind of threw me in this self-development place of like leading and holding space for other people and creating a community. And then I became certified as a life coach in NLP, EFT, and hypnosis. That was like a few months of training, which was absolutely transformational. And then I worked with a mentor. And then come fall of 2021, I kicked off like my coaching program And I've just never, I've never really felt like I've been so aligned with what I'm doing in my life. It's been really hard. Um, It's been challenging. It's like has its ups and downs because it requires a lot from you, like being an advocate for yourself, being an entrepreneur, um, putting yourself out there, figuring out what works for you and what doesn't. It's one thing when you're starting anything new, whether it's like your own business, a podcast, or really anything new looking to others for inspiration. And I think that is important at the beginning and kind of not necessarily copying anything, but being like, oh, this worked for them. Let's see if this works for me. I think that is absolutely fine and very common. However, just because it worked for somebody else and made them successful doesn't mean it works for you. So it's been also a, a big learning curve for me. But at the end of the day, the biggest thing that just like fills me up, makes me feel so good is like, helping and supporting other women and what I'm doing really resonating with them and actually making a difference and making an impact. And it just, it, it's really like, there's no ROI on it. You know, it's just, yeah. it's just like, it, I can't even put it into words. Um, and it's a hundred percent what I've, I've always meant to be doing. Like, I just know that for a fact in my heart. So yeah, that's where we're at right now. It's 2023. Yeah.
0: That is awesome. And what a like great kind of lead up to what you're doing now as well, because all of that adds value to that value that you are able to then add and give to your clients and the people that you're working with. Um, When you're working with your clients, is there like a um, common problem or a um, like something you find that the women you're working with run into like all the time? That's a good question. There's
1: definitely some things that are noticeably repetitive that seem to be an ongoing struggle with people. One thing is letting go of the past. That is like a really massive thing. Understanding that like we aren't our experiences and understanding how to kind of forgive other people and yourself to let yourself move forward. Another thing is comparing yourself. That's like a that's a big one, particularly in how today's age is like with the ability to compare yourself ongoing online. I think people at different phases of their life are just, they're just consuming what they should be doing, what they should look like, how they should be acting, where they should be at that time in their life. Right. And everybody knows what that feels like. Like That's how I felt when I came back from traveling. Like I just felt so lost. I was like, did I just screw up my life? coming back at 26 and everybody else seems to be so much further than I am. And it's like now coming full circle. I'm like, I'm 31. I bought a house this year. That's very exciting. That um, is very exciting. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm not married. I don't have a kid. I'm in a committed relationship and things like that. And now it's like some of my friends have kids and stuff and it's so beautiful. And it's just, it's so amazing to to really feel confident in yourself in supporting people with where they are at in mm-hmm. understanding their pros and cons to everything and there's really no there's really no right way to do anything it's ultimately up to you your only really your only job is not to understand like other people but to understand yourself to understand yourself but we're so busy looking outwards trying to control, trying to understand, trying to change, trying to fix. And what's lacking in like society and how people build relationships and their communication styles and stuff is how they don't, they don't, they aren't really connected to themselves, you know? They kind of turn a blind eye. Like they they don't really want to go to the deepest parts of them. They don't want to assess. They don't want to look at their triggers. They don't want to look on how they're actually holding on to the past. And yeah, or take
0: actually intentional action to change things. Yeah. And I think with, if anybody's um listening, as far as like, I think the life coach industry can be super misleading, which is very unfortunate because I, there is so many people who are very genuine and, uh, extremely helpful. Um, it almost makes me think of like my freelance days where like freelance coaches and the whole freelance industry is like whack. Like there's so much clutter in there. And I think what's really valuable about life coaches and, um, like some say success mentors, like those type of people, it's that, it's really they're really able to hold a mirror up, sort of, and I always am like, usually, and and love you know I'd love for you to rebuttal this if you if you feel differently. I never feel that they're saying anything that we don't already know, and like you know when you're working with your clients, I think it's all things that we know. But it all has to do with perspective. It's always like, I've never heard it that way before. And and it is super helpful to have somebody on the outside with the outer. It's not just an outside perspective, but literally that does not have a... Um, tie into your life. They don't have like some sort of anchor. there, completely looking from the outside and is really able to see things as they are. Emotions detached. And I think that's what gets really hard. And that's where we get really confused and um, overwhelmed is because we are approaching everything with these glasses, these emotional glasses. When things we, ju- I just, on a different podcast, we just said something like, don't approach things in an emotional emotional way that don't have emotion tied to them. Um, And I think that's the value of having someone like a life coach to be with you, talk with you, you know, yes, teach you the methods that can help you with whatever you're struggling with, but also just being somebody to say like, here is how this actually looks. Let me take off the glasses because, and so that you can actually tackle this instead of feeling such overwhelm.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. Like you ordered it so well. It's really very much holding a mirror up to yourself and really having someone hold space and ask the right questions. Yeah. I think that really yeah. makes a good oh, the questions. Yes. Yeah. So I throughout like my one-on-one program, I literally have my clients do a check-in. Uh, every week being like, asking, like answering three different questions. Like, do you feel fully supported? Is there anything else you need? And it's like out of, out of five. Mm -hmm. And honestly, all I've always just received like clients coming back, rating it a five, like five, like I feel so heard, so understood because that's also like me growing as a coach, right? Like understanding what people need, what people, what resonates with people. And the biggest thing that I focus on is honestly holding space for whatever they are bringing to the table. And I always say, come exactly how you are. You've had a shitty day, a great day, you're flustered, whatever it is, come exactly how you are and we will work through things together and Holding space. It's really interesting. It's also not like taking the bait that people will be giving you, right? Like like giving you the drama, like giving you the story. It's funny. So I've had like clients come back like the next week after we've met or something. And they'll just be like, damn, free. I got off that call and was like, she would not like, she would not be down to gossip with me. Like I was giving it to her. Like, no, he did this. He did this. And I'm just like, okay." So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's just like, it's really interesting what holding space does for people. It, yeah. You know, we constantly want to fill space with words and explanation and over explaining ourselves. But the more you're explaining yourself, the less you're actually expressing yourself and being connected to you. Right. So, I think holding space and really asking the right questions. And that's where I, I, believe the certifications and kind of everything I've learned very much makes me equipped to do that so I unlike any industry I understand that it really fluctuates but I'm like extremely result driven with people like I really want to get them from A to B right so I think understanding the context and the appropriate like techniques and really understanding what will support them in that moment is very essential
0: yeah, no, that's all really good points. And and I'm glad you said something about the questions. I, my best mentors, my best epiphanies have always come from somebody that I'm looking up to asking me just the right question. And I think I, I was convinced and I still am like any any problem can be resolved if you're just asking yourself the questions, if it means being in the mirror, if it means writing it down, but just ask yourself questions like, Instead of saying what's wrong in your head, say what's wrong out loud and then answer yourself out loud. And it's been so helpful if I've had somebody who can look at my situation and, you know, ask the right questions and it just makes you think and it it's extremely empowering and I want to put you on the spot just a little bit um because it's really this is kind of inspired this for me um I want to know if you have any like really good questions that people could potentially like walk away from this episode with um to be asking themselves in regards to their mindset in regards to um like the way that they're feeling right now, or if they feel stuck, um, feel free to take some time because I did not prep you for this at all. Um, so I apologize for that, but I think that could be really, really valuable.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. Hold on. So initially I would say the first question is firstly asking how someone's feeling straight up, like how you were feeling, not the good, not I'm fine. Like, you know, life is like, it's okay. Like literally how are you feeling? Like Sarah, if you were to answer that right now, exactly to put you on the spot, what yeah, would you yeah. say? Like, what are you truly feeling outside of this podcast interaction? So obviously yeah. you're very bubbly and lively and whatnot, but like, how are you feeling?
0: Yeah. Um, gosh, how am I feeling? I'm feeling, uh, I have been feeling a lot of gratitude lately. I feel really, really good about, um, my job, and my career, but then, um, uh, paired with that has also come with a lot of guilt. And, um, I am notorious at least for myself at, uh, we could always be doing more. So I've also, uh, I don't know what that, I guess, guilt, some sort of feeling in that way, but, um, yeah, I've also feel, uh, well, that's making me feel a little bit tired. Because I'm like, I can always be doing more and what, but it's always asking the question, like, what more can I do? And am I pushing hard enough? And yada, yada, yada. So from an honest perspective, like that's, I'd be say that's where I'm at. I'm extremely grateful, but I feel very guilty and tired. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. And how is it that, how
1: do you wish that you felt? Like what would be your most ideal stable, consistent state of feeling.
0: Yeah. I think gratitude is always a good place to be. So really Definitely. feeling good there. Um, mm-hmm. I think that I would like to feel more energized by the opportunities of the things that I could be doing rather than stifled by them or pressured by them. And I'd like to be also proud of the actions that I am taking at that time. Um, so if there is something I feel like I should be doing and I actually do it, um, not, you know, I want to feel good in that action To feel like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm really in a really good place. Not necessarily being like, great, that's done. Next thing. Like, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And what is it that you think is, what do you think can actually bridge the gap between the two? Like, what do you think is actually keeping you in place A versus place B of where you actually want to be feeling?
0: Um, Probably more like, I think it, it there's a couple answers. I think a lot of it has to do with mindset because um, like, even if I were to make a plan for myself, like, oh, these are the things I should be, like writing things down, like where I wanna be, what I wanna do, like all that, I end up feeling a lot more pressure from that then, which is not helpful. That's not productive. And it's like, oh, you have all these things you want to do, but as soon as you write them down, you you feel pressure because you have to do them. So you just get overwhelmed and frozen from action. And I'm like, yes, precisely. And I think that all is 100% a mindset thing, uh, which uh, like goes down to, I would say probably like fear of failure because it's that I'm afraid of that list because what if I don't do it in the time that I've allotted or something? I don't know. Like, why do I feel so much pressure by that? Because I'm afraid that it's not going to pan out or something. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that can go if we can speak to my therapist's name, who is also Sarah, if we really want to dive into that. <laughs> but anyway, I think uh, for a very, very short answer, mindset and how I look at uh, goals and where I want to be. Yeah,
1: yeah, that makes sense. Sorry. <clears throat> um, so a little bit veering off just from the question portion, just to give you a little bit of an explanation. So there is definitely a list of like really beautiful questions that I can definitely share with you. That you can even share as like a post for your listeners or anything. Oh, that'd to, be great. Thank to, you. to attach, yeah, not a problem. Like you can attach it to this episode. But in regards to you talking about like your deep rooted beliefs and whatnot, that is why the work that I do is so important because ultimately our conscious mind is like, is about like 10% of our brain where our subconscious is about 90%. And that is where ultimately our core like Mm -hmm. systems and beliefs is all stored. However, we aren't necessarily aware of that. So this is why like triggers And when you go to do something, you get excited. Then all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, I'm either in fear of failure. Sometimes you can be fear of success. A lot of people don't realize this, but you can be very fear of success. Like, oh, what if I do exceed? And then people are judging me, all eyes are on me, things like this. And so when you, the whole work behind like changing your mindset, yes, you can do things like Eat healthy, go to yoga, stop consuming Netflix, like pretty surface things that do make a difference if you do consistently make those efforts. However, if you really want to change your mindset, you need to do the work of rewiring your subconscious mind. Like, and there are tools to be able to do so. This kind of where it falls under NLP, which Mm -hmm. stands for neuro-linguistic programming. So there's different tools and modalities that specifically focus on rewiring your subconscious mind. And this is because of the science behind our minds being like, Neuroplasticity, right? Like having the ability to be shaped and shifted. And the thing is, our subconscious mind will never make us a liar. So it will only believe what you tell it. So for example, self-trust is very in a very important component to building confidence. However, if you keep breaking your self-trust, right, say, I'm going to go to the gym starting in the new year, five days a week. And then it comes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You don't go to the gym. Your subconscious mind is like, yeah, you said that out loud, or you wrote it down in your goals or you posted on social media, but like, clearly you don't want to, cause you don't get up. And the other funny thing about the subconscious mind is it takes the path of least resistance. So not only does it not make you a liar. So it believes based on your actions and your thoughts, but it's also going to do whatever is easiest. And it's not because it's lazy, but it's because it wants to keep you safe. So everything it does is it puts up walls and like, not challenges, but it ultimately puts up walls and it maybe will instill a bit of fear and whatnot because it wants to keep you safe. It wants to keep you in a box. And that is because back in the day, like centuries ago, we were very survival based, you know, like you were being hunted constantly And there, but now we live in actually a very safe world so these fears aren't necessarily serving us and they actually keep you very limited from taking a step forward and taking any action in your life. So that is why it's so important to do subconscious work in like one of my main techniques that I like to do with people is EFT. It's emotional freedom technique. Have you heard of it?
0: No. No, That's okay. a cool name.
1: Cool name. So it's ultimately tapping. So it's like, um, you kind of like acupuncture, but it's more like acupressure because you're I've like definitely
0: tap- heard of tapping.
1: Yeah. So it's like tapping on different meridian points on your body. And what that ultimately does is to supports you in releasing like energy within those like stagnant areas. So it's really helpful when you are feeling like very intense emotions or working through letting go of the past or even working through like instilling more positive affirmations like usually you'll do a few rounds and on the last like round you'll do like a positive affirmation to instill that um to really start to overcome like limiting beliefs that you have just based on your past belief system that's been programmed through experiences
0: through your childhood like things you are very unaware about you know yeah no. Oh my gosh. No, that makes so much sense. And I, and I think about that. And a lot of people, you know, see these type of techniques that can feel very like just odd to some people. And they're like, mm-hmm. what do you mean like releasing this from where? And I'm like, okay, well think about it this way. Like everybody knows what it's like to hold stress in your shoulders. Like everybody knows what it's like when you go to a massage and you have like stressed out muscles. There's literal physical knots in your body, in your muscular system that are representations of that stress. So it's the same there it's just it in a different system in your body and so no that's so fascinating we're gonna have to I'm so sorry we're gonna have to do a part two you have no choice (laughs) you have no choice like there's so much information here um and I think there's so much more to talk about and I want to yeah no we have to there's so much information we're not gonna be able to fit it we can do a part two man awesome (laughs) Awesome. Okay. And you've got something exciting happening. You've got something happening soon. So, um, I feel like this literally, I feel like this is just the teaser of then our next one, which will be like a huge bulk episode. I want to hear more about EFT. I want to hear more about what was the N one? NLP. So EFT,
1: NLP, it's like EFT is under the umbrella of NLP.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. I want to hear more about that. Um, Yeah this is, this is, is but but yes, tell us what's happening.
1: Yeah. So ultimately my, I have a signature self-paced course coming out. So ultimately this is the program that I take my one-on-one clients through. However, I wanted to make it more accessible to get in the hands of more people. And obviously I only have so much time and also I'm able to offer it at a much lower price point. So my signature program, CMA confident mindset accelerator it is launching on January 30th. Very exciting. It's available for everyone, honestly, to purchase. It's like a five-module core self-paced course with all videos, and there's homework <laughs> with every module because something that I want to really drive home. I've done a lot of courses, some, um, and I've taken things that I love. I've taken feedback from my clients, and that's kind of the best part of putting out this course is because I've had clients go through it. So I know the results that come from it. So I'm very excited and I know it will really get people what they want, but implementation is a huge thing. Cause I've done a bunch of courses and it's extremely informative, but you know, like once you finish it, it's like, okay, you can only remember so much. We only have so much storage capacity. So implementation on top of the education is a massive component of CMA. And that will go hand in hand with the homework that you'll be doing step-by-step. And I obviously guide you through this with videos. So you can anticipate that to come out on January 30th. Very exciting.
0: That is so freaking great! What a great good way to like start the new year. I think this is yeah. such a good like start of twenty twenty three. Oh my gosh! Thank you for coming on and um, thank you for letting me bully you, bully you into a second episode. So That's <laughs> thanks, Sarah. <laughs> Um, guys, if you enjoyed this episode, then definitely stay tuned because we will be having a, another one come out. Um, I don't know when, but we'll talk about that after we log out of here. But if you enjoyed this episode, please share with a friend and definitely go check out Brienne and all of her her socials. Where can they find you, by the way, if they're wanting to hear more from you?
1: Yeah. My Instagram is at Brienne Burke, B-R-E-A-N-N-E-B-U-R-K-E. Pretty straightforward. First and last name. Nice. And you also have a podcast. Oh, I do. Sorry, yes. The gold
0: digger. Yeah, guide. definitely Not- shut that out. <laughs> Not gold. gold Goal. G O A L. Uh, digger guide. Gold digger guide. Yes, definitely go check out our podcast. Um you I, I it's good thing you have a podcast because it's very clear you have a lot to talk about um but guys yeah share this with a friend post on your stories and if you do please tag us so that we are able to shout you out because we absolutely love it if you are feeling really nice please like rate review subscribe all the things we are on youtube so if you prefer to watch the episode definitely go check our youtube out and subscribe that would mean the world to us and um yeah thank you so so much Brian, for being here thank you guys for listening and I will see you guys next time bye